Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Welcome to the Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. Brought to you by Parks Casino. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. I think our record indicates that because that's all that matters. The style point component of play is less significant. You step in the stadiums, you win games, you step out of stadiums. So to answer to your questions, yes, we were a team on the rise. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Point After. I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Max Starks coming to you one final time to put a bow on the Steelers' 2022 season. Our first segment tonight is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And guys, you heard Coach Tomlin there uh, post-game yesterday at Acrisure Stadium. Team on the rise, the Steelers starting two and six, finishing the second half seven and two, winning their last four games. But Billy, just not enough, as George Pickens put it best yesterday, uh, like a birthday party, but without the cake. Yeah. Everybody, you know, you could even feel it at the stadium, uh, even though this was a, a resounding win over Cleveland and it got the Steelers to three and three in the division, the toughest division in the league, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it wasn't at the end of the game. There wasn't that emotion that normally comes with the Steelers win, especially over the Browns, because, well, everybody has a cell phone and people realized that uh, uh, we didn't get much help from the Jets. But you know what? I You have to look at the positives of this team. Uh, if you look at the negatives, I think you're uh, grabbing in the words of Mike Tomlin, low hanging fruit. Yeah, they were two and six. Yeah, they were not very good at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they got their ears pinned back in Buffalo, in Philadelphia. But uh, to be a team on the rise in December and January, I think is very meaningful, especially such a young team. Absolutely. You know, I'd still eat the cake. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> I don't care about the candles. Just give me that cake. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of cake going around there. Well, Oakmont Bakery isn't that far. <laughs> You know, the fact of the matter is just like you said, yeah, we didn't get in the playoffs, and that's frustrating. I know it, but there's so much to be gained from this year and from the pre-buy to the post-buy. What a difference, a tale of two halves of a, of a season. Um, I, I just I, – I know that, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are, are upset that they're not getting the playoffs, but, man, what a comeback, and I think it just portends to be something for the future here to grow on. 
Max, it sounded like a lot of players, even today, just still in shock, you know, expecting to play. Even Coach Sheldon said, you know, I, I was preparing to have another week, hoping that things went their way yesterday. They had two out of three things happen that they needed to happen. Um, how hard is it when it just comes to this screeching halt? I mean, it, it's a gut punch, Missy. But I think the other thing is, is that, you know, when you take a step back, you know, right now, right now it kind of hurts. You know, because like you said, we did everything right in the second half. And usually when you do good things in the second half of games, you win. But the problem is when it comes to the playoffs, the opportunities, that's where it's it's not as fair. It's a little bit more cruel. And, you know, you we look back, there's plenty of opportunities where you talk about one game here, a field goal here, a play here. But at the same time, it's tough because at this because you look at it and you say we just we needed one more win and we didn't get it and you know guys are going to be upset but it's still a fantastic retooling somebody knew it makes it so tough to to sit there and say that hey it's going to go this way or that way you don't know and for the Steelers squad it happened way better than we could have anticipated. Most teams that have a rebuild or have a, a big transition like we did from last year to this year with quarterbacks, we could look and say, hey, this this is this is Houston. This is what the Jets are continually going going through. We could even the team that's going in playoffs, Miami, look at the turmoil they've had. And you sit there and you say, man, if we would have taken care of business, but we had to grow. You had to go through those rough spatches to then appreciate and let this feeling sink into you that you don't like it. So that when you come into next season, you have a fire and you're building from this and not starting from ground zero again. And to your point, you know, earlier in the season, that's pretty much all the games the Steelers had against the AFC East. And that's really what put them in that hole, Billy, where yesterday they needed help from two of those teams um, and rooting against one of the teams in that division. And, you know, you could say, sure, they lost TJ Watt after, you know, the, the team just started on fire week one in Cincinnati. Um, but. As Max said, if you don't win earlier in the season, it comes back to bite you. And look at a Ravens team. Um, they're in double-digit wins. They were so hot earlier, but we've seen what they've been doing through the second half of their season. So one of those unfortunate things, but I do think, um, you know, the good thing is that there is a young nucleus of guys. There's still some veteran leaders and the Cam Haywards, the TJ Watts, the Mika Fitzpatricks, um, but they learned together. They learned how to turn things around. Um, and especially after that bye week is where we saw a lot of that improvement. Missy, if this were golf, I'd ask for three mulligans. New, Eng <laughs> New England, the Jets, and the Miami game. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, my memory is fading, and that's why I count on you guys. Where did we drop four interceptions? Miami. Miami. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. So can mm -hmm. I have mulligans on those three? Well, you know, I, I, I woke up this morning, and the first thing I thought of, you know, um, to quote a famous fat guy, a guy by the name of Micah Day, uh, who otherwise is known as Meatloaf, all right, two out of three ain't bad. Now, two out of three ain't bad because the Steelers won and the Bills beat the Patriots, but the Dolphs, uh, they, you know, the Jets couldn't beat the Dolphs. And, uh, you know, two out of three ain't bad, but it ain't going to get you into the playoffs. And, there was and it's, it's unfortunate. 
Um, go ahead, Bill. Oh, no, there was a oh. call in that game that people are still talking about. The horse collar. The horse oh, collar. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So but, there, there's you know, a lot of things that you got to overcome them. You, yeah, you it is. Max, uh, as Billy was talking about his mulligans, I think the Jets game where the Steelers had a 10-point lead, I think that one and just, you know, the visions of Zach Wilson catching a touchdown as well is something that I can't erase from my mind. Yeah, no, that one, you know, but you know what's funny? I I look at the all the other mulligans, and I think the mulligan that I would want would be the Baltimore mulligan. We had Mm. them in Akershore 16-14, and the block field goal is the difference. Mm. even as bad as we played, because that now takes us to potentially four and two in the division. Guess who doesn't get in the playoffs? The Baltimore Ravens. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I that, see where you're coming that, from. Oh, you, you, yeah. see, you see, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little more devious, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there was one to pick, I think I would have picked that one. I mean, I would have loved the Miami nugget, but at the same time, you know, that, that game, we, we had so many missed opportunities there. I mean, not only that one, the passes into the end zone, um, the one to Deontay, um, you know, going to the far end of the field, because I have to remember from your perspective, guys, <laughs> Billy and Craig, where you guys were in that corner of the end zone next to the disco. Right. Um, <laughs> next to the what? The disco. The disco, <laughs> the disco oh. tech that was next door. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, that was one where it's like that – if I could switch one play and that one play would have been the difference in a game, that would have been the one was in Baltimore. Um, Cause we could talk about some of the missed touchdown catches or some of the missing key moments to keep drive live. But that one right there on special teams, when we need them to be special, a guy got through in Calais Campbell who has like inspector gadget arms just reached up and popped that ball out of the sky from Bozzi. So right. that was one that was just frustrating when I look back on it. Like, man, if we could have had that one. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. I'm sure we could go through a number <laughs> yeah. of things and make ourselves crazy. And I feel like that's what today is about for Steelers Nation, probably for the players too. Coach Tomlin spoke a little bit earlier today. They were having a team meeting at two and then, you know, already had the sign up sheets for exit interviews, something he does with all the, the players, with the coaches. And today there was really no news out of his press conference, except good news that Pat Fryermuth had an yeah. MCL sprain and will not require surgery. So that was one where, you know, things aren't going the Steelers way as I'm watching the Miami game uh, as he's getting hurt. But then you just think, oh, man, like that would be so bad for this team, you know, how long it would take him to rehab and whatnot. So that was some good news, at least. Especially so, because Pat Fryermuth, for a guy that didn't get a catch yesterday, and I think it's only the second time that he's been shot out, what a job of blocking he did. He was really doing a great job blocking. And uh, Connor Hayward did all the pass catching from the tight ends, basically. You know, I mean, and what catches he made? A couple of beauties. Yeah. You know, the low one and the high one. There's no question about bit. it. And, and I think I another gonna... thing. Oh, sorry. What were we going to say? No, sorry. go, go, Max. Go, go, go. Uh, okay. Connor Hayward also had tremendous devastating block on the outside zone. Not literally outside Becker and, and, and ping-ponged him into the defensive end. And then Dan Moore just smushed both of them just on top of them. <laughs> 
And I thought that, that was another one. Where I was like, man, that was because I think I called up to you, Craig. Was like, hey, yeah. did y'all did y'all see Connor on that one? He he gave a, he gave a real wham block on that one to really set the edge. And I thought that was something where you really got to see, you know, Connor Hayward in multiple facets. Not only the big catch when you need it but the inline blocking as well, the H-back lead type of stuff as well. So he, ha- he they were using him in a lot of different ways, and I thought that was also something. When you're talking about looking towards the future, like that's another guy that I don't think I talked about in our Rookie Sensation segment, Wolf. Right. But I thought I thought that was one where I was like, man, that's another one again on was Hunter Hayward's. Exactly so. And Max, the biggest thing about that was the fact that I love your technical term, smushed. Yeah, Danny Moore smushed them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Splatify was already taken, so Splatify I just had to come on. Oh, you're right. I love it. <laughs> what a wordsmith you are. Yeah. <laughs> With the Steelers' 28 to 14 win over the Browns yesterday, uh, splitting the series one and one this year, they moved to nine and eight to finish up the season. For the Steelers, that's 19 consecutive seasons finishing at 500 or better. 16 for Coach Tomlin since he's been the head coach. And Billy, sometimes this is a a very polarizing thing where some people say, oh, "Well, it doesn't matter. You know, you miss the playoffs three times in five years." But for those players in the locker room, they so badly wanted to make sure that they were not the the team that broke that streak for the Steelers and for Coach Tomlin. I think it gave them a lot of resolve, a lot of motivation for this one. And uh, as if the Browns aren't enough motivation, especially trying to avenge that loss of, what, the third game of the season. Um, I Yeah, I think the players uh, wore that, and, and they wore it well. And, uh, you know, you got to tip your hat to especially the young players because I think what they showed you yesterday is that they've learned from the vets. They've learned the Steeler way. They've learned how to win and, uh, and what it takes to win and what kind of preparation it takes. And I think that's encouraging. And so much of that is based on the interpersonal relationship Mike has with each and every player. I don't know of a, a better communicator – and more willing to be have some sort of an uh, share some intimacy as far as a personal relationship as as a head coach than Mike Tomlin. I mean, he's very much into you know. There's an old coaching maxim that says you'll never know how much they care until they know how much you care. And if you put that out there to your guys, you you draw. There's a bonding there, and I think really what we saw because so much of the it's the players that bring it up all the time. It's not it's not Mike. You know, and it's that bonding between Mike and his players, I think, um, is is on display and has been for the, the past 16 years. And it, this is just the result of being able to step out and, and be willing to share in the lives of his players, you know, and be interested. How are you doing? Are you Max, you, you talk about is he are you thriving or surviving? I mean, that's what that's what Mike asks. Yeah, no, I mean, Coach Tomlin takes special care. I mean, he, you know, he, he, he has that fatherly, unclely, whatever, insert important male role model figure that, that you have in your head. He likes to embody those type of things because he knows that he, as a father, as a son, as a brother, what that is, right? And to be a great communicator. And I think he tries to display and express that with his players, with whoever he comes across, you know, 
in his in his daily uh, living and life. Right. I think he he's consistent throughout that. And I think that's the other thing that comes through. It's that consistency. We always talk about that. Like if you're going to do anything, be consistent at it. Right. Don't be the guy who's up and down, who who's emotional at moments. Great one day, bad the next. Mm. He has a certain level that he likes to operate at so that he knows that not only for his 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 players, but his family, his friends, they know what to expect because he knows that he's going to be the consistent guy that always delivers in those moments or always you always know what to expect with him because that's the that's the trademark of why this consistency of 16 years and not a losing record is there because that's the model that is based off of he has to be himself every step of the way or else that doesn't happen or else you get a four and 12 season you get you or i'm sorry four and 13 now that we're in 17 years they're still getting past um i thought you were right on the first time brother yeah yeah exactly (laughs) seven and ten like you get all of these different numbers but no eight and eight is the lowest you go you hit he has not had below eight victories in a season is because of that consistency and when you're looking for guys you want guys who also understand that consistency but also can can pick up that maturity within that and i think that's what just makes this a very different type of organization than a lot of other ones that we see right now especially today right on bloody monday Mm. you see all of these firings right the cardinals fire their coach the texans fire their coach and you're seeing all of these other positions getting fired and there's consistency you know to know that hey no matter what happens, we don't have to look at the Steelers unless a guy steps down on his own volition, right. you know, more often than not over the last 50 plus years, you're not <laughs> going to hear anything out of Pittsburgh PA. Coach Tomlin did say today that the Browns requested to interview Brian Flores and just two quick nuggets to go along with what you guys were saying before we had to break. Miles Jack was so passionate and adamant when he talked about, you know, I've been two and six before in a different building. And let me tell you what happened during our bye week is not what happened during the bye week (laughs) of that said team. Um, And also just, you know, how Coach Tomlin treats everybody the same after the Raiders win on Christmas Eve. It was probably Christmas Day at that point. We were in the locker room. And coach doesn't usually talk to a ton of players when the media is in there, but he made a point to find Elijah Riley and say, hey, man, thanks for staying in Pittsburgh. We needed you and you stepped up Um, and you could just tell how much that meant to him in that moment. No question. It's that personal touch, man. I mean, that's what it's all about. And that's why Mike has such a strong connection. And one of the great things about it, he's in tune with each and every player. He understands where they're at, both mentally, physically, uh, emotionally in so many cases. So. It's that's what coaching is nowadays. It's not the the days of yore. He has more paint cans than red. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, really. Yeah. And and I think yeah. that's a tribute to him. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Well, and, and it's just it, it's like it's like how how much better do you feel when you get a handwritten message versus a typed message with a stamp right for a signature? I mean that you feel more special about receiving that, and that's what Mike Tomlin does. He's the handwriting message type of guy. Right. And that's what makes it that much more special. All right, much more to discuss here about the Steelers' win over the Browns and also the end of the 2022 season. This is The Point After on DVE. We'll be right back. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep, home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. 
At ST Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Back to the point after, brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. I felt like, you know, the offense started to become my own the more I was playing in it. Um, you know, taking real ownership of it instead of just kind of playing catch up. You know, when I when I was got thrown in there a little bit earlier, um, and I was just worried about executing the plays. And now I felt like I had everything at my disposal when I was coming to the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, I think I made a, a good jump there and a learning curve. And you know, I want to make that leap into year two now. Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett speaking after the Steelers 28 to 14 win over the Browns at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday. Welcome back to the point after this segment is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and Don's Appliance. For every field goal we kick this season, Don's Appliance will donate $1,000 to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. That's 5,000 meals each time. Thank you to Don's Appliance. And you can also help by donating to just text goals to 50155. Billy, uh, a lot to talk about when you break down the rookie season of Kenny Pickett, how he became the Sealer starter. What's the biggest takeaway from his performance and how he finished this season in your eyes? He grew up quickly uh, from the seven interceptions in a short amount of time to one interception over a long period of time. To me, that's growing up. And uh, I think we saw a little uh, glimpse of it yesterday when he took that terrible delay penalty and then just came right back and found George Pickens. Uh, You know, I think that tells you a lot about Kenny Pickett, and um, uh, he handles it so well. I think there's so much that you can see with this young man that uh, really the the things that you like from the very get-go, I mean, his mobility, his ability to be on the move, make things happen, but you know, I, I think his pre-snap reads, his ability to go through his, um, you know, his options there, and then being able to throw the ball when he needed to throw the ball in the big moments. I don't know how you teach that. How do you teach that ability to come through in the last minute of two consecutive games, throwing those touchdown passes? Um, that's something that you either have or you don't have. And it's obvious this young man has a sense of the weighty moments, as Mike Tomlin refers to them as and able to um, accommodate the moment and do so in, in, a, in a spectacular fashion. I'll just add this. You know, you think about the game yesterday. That wasn't a, a Picasso, as Billy calls it, or a Mozart, you know, from the start. <laughs> I mean, that one was a little rough, you know. Uh, that was it, it had some hiccups in it. But he got him going, and he stayed with it. And, again, there was no sign of panic. The kid is really a pretty cool customer. And I think even more so, right, I think when you're an older rookie quarterback, a guy who's played a lot of football in college, you have a better sense of yourself about what you can and can't do. Not to say that a guy with least experience can't grow into that, but you don't see it as immediately. And I think that was one of the things when you're talking about drafting a guy who was five years in college as a quarterback and then coming to the league and he's had all this experience you know, he's he's had the opportunity to kind of grow into that leadership-type role. And I think that's something that we, we often take for granted because everybody wants that kid that's, oh, flash in the pan, one year, got it done. You know, and, and he had this meteoric season one time. But it's another thing to go through adversity and to build into these moments to where when you get to the next phase of life, it's not as, it's not as big a moment for him. 
Wasn't like there? You can look at it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Max. I was just jumping. Wasn't it uh, pre-draft that we heard all about? Well, he's too old. You know, I mean, he's he's he spent a fifth yeah. year, and like that was supposed to be a bad thing. And you know, you just yeah. laid out all the reasons why it was such a good thing. He wasn't as old as Brandon yeah. Whedon. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I would say, or, or or Chris or Chris Winky, right? Right. You right. know. Right. But, but here, here's know. here's the thing, and I've yeah. never played quarterback except in the Sandlot. You know, back alley. I've never played the position, but I think as I observe it, uh, it more than any other position on the football field re- requires snaps. The only way to get better is to get snaps, meaningful situations at game speed. And what he's shown so far, I think the sky's the limit. Today, Coach Tomlin was asked in his press conference um, post-game, post kind of, you know, wrapping up the season, um, if what he thought about, you know, should you, could you look back and say, yeah, we should have, you know, gave Kenny more first team reps in the off season. Maybe we should have started him earlier. And he said, look, as I sit here today, I have no regrets. Um, and I, as we are playing the coulda, shoulda, woulda game, um, you do start to think though, as you said, the game reps so important. And that's how I think that Jets game week four halftime, when coach Tomlin made that switch from Mitch Trubisky to Kenny Pickett, that was Kenny Pickett's team, and that was his job as QB1. Through the growing pains, they were going to stick with him because at that point, those reps help, and that's what, you know, we've seen the the crazy comebacks at the end of games, uh, the previous two games to, to win the games um, against the Raiders and the Ravens. But I also think that, you know, giving him a chance to – to learn from mistakes, Max, I'm sure is part of the deal and something that they have to do in order to grow into a better quarterback. And Kenny was already talking yesterday about, I already told the guys, you know, we're going to get together this off season and work before we even, you know, get to OTAs. He's already in that mindset of like, we got to go. Well, and I, I think <coughs> that that's how it should be. And, and that's the way that today's quarterbacks are, right? <laughs> I mean, I think back in, you know, when I was playing, you know, Ben wasn't calling passing camps down to his place in Georgia. You know, um, this is something that's more of a newer thing, but you could see the leadership there to say, you know what, in order for us to be better, we need to take time off because this is no longer just, you know, something we do at school, right, for a scholarship, right, where I still got to go to classes, I still have to do everything else. No, this is my profession. This is all I do. I am, a, I, I am a football player by profession, and it, it takes that extra thing. Just like we ask different professions to take continuing education credits, right, or what they call CEUs, or you go to conferences to learn things. There's no conference for football players, right? It's these type of clinics one-on-one. Hey, guys, we're going to a spot. We're going to go down to South Florida. We're going to throw for a month together and get to know each other even better. And that's what guys do nowadays. And I think that's that's one of the things that I think is so incredible that they take that type of initiative in the offseason, in your free time, to do things to make yourself become a better teammate, to become a better unit, and to ultimately become a better team overall when you have that time and that connection together. Because like, like, like Billy, like you said, it takes reps. So going and creating those moments where you can get those reps in a in an unsupervised manner, that just goes to show even more so the dedication of these guys to want to be better, to want to grow. Because there's, you could do everything else you want to do. Go travel, you can go just relax, sit on your couch. Like, man, I worked hard for the last five and a half months. 
No. It's like, hey, go, rest, recuperate, recover, and then we're getting back to work before they have to tell us we have to be back to work. There was one other uh, good piece of news yesterday that I failed to mention in the first segment. Uh, thanks to Lovey Smith and the Texans, they now made the Chicago Bears with the first overall pick, uh, which meant the Steelers in terms of the trade for Chase Claypool now have pick 17 in the first round in the first pick in the second round at 32 because in the first round Miami, uh, due to their tampering, uh, charges or whatever you want to call them there they had to forfeit that first round pick right. so um you know we're looking yes. that's way ahead down the road but that is pretty remarkable when you think of just you know what they have in those first two picks and being able to help solidify some spots that need it but well if i want to talk to you about the offensive line and just we talked every week about how they got better and better. What do you think is the, the the final product that we saw, and is that something that they can carry over into next season? Oh, I think it's definitely something that they're going to carry over to next season. The final product that they developed coming out of the bye. I mean, nine of the last ten games, they rushed for over 100 yards. They increased their yards per carry by half a yard after the bye as opposed to before the bye. They had 50 more yards uh, per game rushing after the bye, then before the bye, they cut a sack out from their, you know, uh, from a sack, whatever, two sacks or three sacks per game. They cut that down too after the bye. I think there's an awful lot there. There's more, as Mike Tomlin says, meat on the bone to be had. But you saw what what you saw was the coming together of this offensive line. And one of the things I love best, remember that first series yesterday. They came off the ball and they were removing people with their hand in the dirt, and they were taking them for a ride. And I love that. The the absolute physicality that those guys were demonstrating on snap after snap and unfortunately ended with a fumble, but it should have been a touchdown anyhow because Najee scored the first time he carried the ball down at the goal line. And, you know, and then you had to go with the, the third one, which uh, I'm sorry, but he he did fumble it. But dead gummit, that was a touchdown on, his, on first down there. So, the offensive line has grown, and I, I expect that these guys can continue in that fashion. Well, and and I think this group learned a lot about themselves, and we learned a lot about them, right? Don't count them right. out, first yeah. and foremost. And the second thing is it takes time for offensive lines to gel. No matter how fast you want it, it's not going to happen. It takes time. And this offensive line showed us that good things happen to those who wait. And you saw that on display these last last quarter of the season, right? The last four to five games, you saw an offensive line that was great on their double teams. You saw the guys that knew when to get off. They knew how to take blocking angles, and guys wouldn't slip off in the backfield. Najee was not getting contact two yards in the backfield. He was getting it at the line of scrimmage and beyond in a positive direction. That's the growth we wanted to see. And, and when we're talking to Najee yesterday, you know, Wolf and Billy um, – that was something that he said. He said, listen, listen, I was injured in this spring and, this, and, and during training camp. I didn't trust them, and, and that's 100% on me. And I had to take a step back and look at it. And once I displayed the trust, that's when you saw everything getting even better for all of us. And I thought that was a big move by Najee to recognize that and to admit that and to, and, and to verbalize it. So that was a great step as well when you're talking about accountability amongst teammates on one side of the ball. I thought that was also a big moment. When we played the Bengals, the opening game of the year, 
their offensive line hadn't played many snaps together, if any, in the preseason. There was only one starter on the Bengals' offensive line. But do you think if they didn't get better that that team would be 12-4? and (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Uh, And just quickly to touch on Najee, first of all, Max, I I heard he stole your mic, but second of all, (laughs) uh, he gave it back. He he did give it back, though, at one point. He wanted it, He seems to have a knack for that. Yeah. He he does not shy away from cameras or microphones. Um, But, you know, a lot of the offensive line yesterday and today gave him credit at the bye week for coming into the offensive line room and saying, hey, guys, look, I have to be a better running back for you guys. Let's watch film. Let's figure this out. And I think you know he's young but there is a reason why at the beginning of this season his teammates voted him one of the Steelers offensive captains and you know just another part of that young core especially with the offense that will be here next year and hopefully continue to right the ship and start faster and all of that good stuff so um we do need to talk about the Steelers defense though and their team MVP Minka Fitzpatrick. We'll do that and much more after this quick break. You're listening to The Point After on DVE. Back to The Point After, brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. And he's running around and he's hit and down by Captain Cam. Wow! And there's no roughing with one second left. They say that's it. The game is over on another sack back-to-back sacks by this Steelers defense that played superbly. That's the end of the game with a final score. Pittsburgh 28, Cleveland 14. And Captain Cam Hayward, that made him have 10 and a half sacks on the season. The second straight year, he hit double digits the third time in his career. And Billy, I love that you had to add there was no uh, penalty on that one. Well, he lost a sack or he'd be really breathing all over Debo. But, you yes, know, it, 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 that's what happens. And uh, <laughs> did you look yeah. at the footage, uh, Wolf? And did oh, you change I did. your mind? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. that was the most single most egregious penalty I've seen in the NFL next to when I tackled Ben Rudolph when he was a free runner heading for for Terry Bradshaw <laughs> you know and I that was a pretty egregious foul on my part but having said that what happened with Cam I don't understand how you can in any way shape or form call that roughing the passer the next step is going to be asking the guy to take a knee you know just please take a knee and I'll, I'll touch you that's about it. You, you you mean what what Michael Strahan asked uh, Brett Favre to do? Oh yeah, exactly. Slide into home plate. <laughs> yeah. No no no, just fall you down can't... and I'll just touch you. <laughs> yes. You you can't yeah. tell that we're not bitter here and mad that the season's over with the, with the digs that are coming out here. But I, I'm here for it, guys. Uh, and our final segment of the point after for the 2022 season is brought to you by Clearview Federal Credit Union. For every turnover, the black and gold created in 2022, Clearview Federal Credit Union donated $500 to the Light of Life Rescue Mission. Clearview helping people to enjoy a better life. Visit clearviewfcu.org slash touchdown. And Billy, you were right for Cam now in his career, 78 and a half sacks. So he is second to Debo, who has 80 and a half. And TJ right behind him, 77 and a half. So maybe next year, Cam and TJ will just, you know, they'll pass Debo eventually, and then they'll just keep fighting for who has the most sacks. I'd love to see that. 
There's no question. Look, yeah. I, you know, I'm not sure which I find more egregious. The sack <laughs> they took away in Baltimore last year that prevented T.J. <laughs> Watt from, you know, breaking Michael Strahan's, uh, you know, slide into home plate uh, type of sack on, on Brett Favre. <laughs> or, you know, the fact that they took this one away from Cam because he put the quarterback on the dirt in a very nice, gentlemanly manner. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's frustrating, but like you said, we have milestones. Missy, you will be busy next season at the beginning of the season. If, if week one is anything like the week one we had this year, um, hopefully it's full of defensive exploits and two guys fighting over who deserves a half sack. Yeah, there you go. The and week one, yeah. where will it be? Las Vegas, Seattle, or L.A.? I hope so. For, for, for my travel See, schedule, I, I hope so. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, I think Bob Labriola had pointed out earlier in the year something about with the Pirates, this could be like the first time in I think eight or nine years that the Steelers could start at home, potentially. Ooh. Okay, we'll take that. that so we'll see. Nice. We'll, take that. we'll have to yep, see. And the the home games, all of the AFC North teams, of course, and then Arizona, Green Bay, Jacksonville, New England, San Francisco, and Tennessee. And on the road, Billy, you alluded to a few, Houston, Indy, Las Vegas, the LA Rams, and Seattle. So you go from not traveling very much this year to lots of travel coming up in 2023. It's just not many frequent flyer points for Max. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. I'll make up for it with the college schedule. Don't worry. <laughs> you broke a record last week for bowl games, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was all over the greater U.S., but I still made it to my Steeler games on time, which is most important. There you go. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, quickly, before we turn our attention away from the Steelers and the, the sack count for guys, Alex Highsmith finishing with 14 and a half. Um, I just think a very underrated, you know, you're like, wow, that that's a lot. That's that's a good bid. And he, you know, double digits came into the season was the goal. And he got well beyond beyond that. And also first in the league with five force fumbles. So, uh, Wolf, I know you you think he should be going to the Pro Bowl, right? Unquestionably so. I mean, I just can't <laughs> even imagine. This young man has outperformed all expectations. I remember when he was first drafted, and they first, you know, the first training camp he was in, and Keith Butler talked about how this young man doesn't make the same mistake twice. And he doesn't. He's smart. He's strong. He's fast. He's added to his game. He's got the spin move going, but he's got the ability, to, as you pointed out, Missy, uh, the fumbles, tackles for loss, things all like that. I mean, he's coming on. He's a young buck, and I am excited for him because he's also a super fine man. Just a great dude. So uh, kudos to him. He's had quite the year and, and been, I would think he was even in the in the thought process for um, M- Team MVP too. Okay, there was a showstopper. Everybody just. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was I, I, I was in agreement. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't really have too much more to add, but I think you're right. I think that's one you have to consider. And you look at, hey, question mark was who will be the pass rusher opposite T.J. Watt? Right. Who will have the impact on this defensive line? And he answered the question pretty early. You know, think about a year ago, right, with Melvin Ingram complaining and everything else about all his playing time. Right. He's better than Alex Highsmith. I think we've proven that. No, Alex great point. Not quite. Great point, Max. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but now I think now the next step is 
the depth behind it, right? I thought we had some we we had some guys who came in and showed up like DeMarvin Leal having position flexibility and being able to switch to a four down type of look, right? And be that kind of elephant DN, hand down, stand up type of DN. And, you know, we did have Jones that came in and showed some flashes for us in relief of, but I think you, you still gotta have that that three man compliment on, on the outside to be able to pressure the way we want to play a three, four, you've got to have that third rusher. And I think that's something we're going to look at seeing who can be that guy, whether it's free agency, whether somebody emerges or whether we draft that guy. But I think that will be something that we'll look at in the off season is the depth of the offense outside linebacker position for if anything does happen. And I'm not saying it is, and I'm not putting it out in the universe, but if something did happen, you want to have that contingency plan in place. By the way, I just happened to pick up on uh, Mel Ingram's stats. He's got six sacks. So I think we made out in that deal just like you pointed out, Max. Yeah, yeah more than double. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. Take <laughs> yeah. And, and not to, you know, not that it's an excuse, but I think, you know, when you look at Alex Highsmith, when he came in, he was kind of raw, but also just his draft class in 2020. They didn't have OTAs. There wasn't mini camp. Mm. Training camp was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, uh, boy. I just remember like we we were only allowed up on the Ford fan zone. You couldn't go near them. And I mean, it was just it, it was just very different. The team building was different. Guys were going into their own suites during their downtime, not like what you see at St. Vincent. Um, but I think, as you pointed out, Wolf, you know, he's a good kid. He's a good person. And he puts his head down. He goes to work and he follows mm-hmm. T.J. Watt around a lot. And I don't think that that's ever a bad thing. No, that's exactly what you do. You, It's like uh, Ralph. It's like the karate kid following Mr. Miyagi around, you know? <laughs> I I have a dumb question. What would the record right. be if T.J. Watt doesn't miss seven games? Mm. That's just a dumb question. Yeah, he finished uh, with seven. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a dumb question because I think you would, you would think that there's a couple of games where him being healthy, just saying, Billy, you were talking about those three mulligans? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think those three Mulligan games would have been different. Maybe all three. Wait a minute, you're talking twelve yeah. and, um, and four. Yeah, yeah. S- sounds like no, something that the AFC North five. champion would have. Oh, twelve, 12 and five. five. Hold on. Sure. Let me, let me you're, carry you're the one four. here. I, 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 let me carry the one on that. Now, now Wolf, Wolf, just trust us. Just trust <laughs> okay, us. Okay, we'll leave it go. <laughs> and by the way, today Demar Hamlin went back to Buffalo. Now he will yeah. spend time in the hospital, but you know, God bless the young man. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easy guy to cheer for. Um, I do want to last fun fact of the 2022 season for you guys. The Steelers had 20 interceptions, the most in the NFL. Minka Fitzpatrick accounted for six of them. Mm. He tied for a league high with three other players. And Minka is the first Steelers player to lead the NFL in interceptions since Mel Blunt in 1975. Fast company. There you go. All right. Well, a big thing to big thanks to producer Tom for putting up with us all season. We appreciate him. And thanks to you guys for Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley and Max Starks and Missy Matthews. This is the point after we'll see you back here next year. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there. Friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At ST Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is where projects come to life. 
Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.